0: I don't know. Towards the end of Simpsons season one, the uh, spectacular, historic um, season of the greatest sitcom of all time, it was decided that there would be sort of a blockbuster episode um, where something would be done that was never done before, namely Bart would travel to France and we would have a whole uh, episode kind of on location, or at least that's how they would present it to people, that this entire show would be, look what Bart does in France, and he does do plenty of things there. This is only the 11th Simpsons episode ever made, and it is called The Crepes of Wrath, an early pop culture riff seen in the titles. Um, And it was written by committee, by Sam Simon, importantly, also George Meyer, John Vitti, and John Swartzwelder, who were three of just the unassailably wonderful, perfectly funny Simpsons writers. And, you know, while the show suffers from season one-itis to a certain extent, it is, uh, more, to my mind, a preview of wonderful things to come in the second season and third seasons. Um... It seems to me more like a second season episode than a first season episode. Even with the stilted dialogue of Skinner and his mother in the beginning and, you know, the inclusion of uh, Milhouse as as like a character in the background, you know, sort of like a token Bart friend more than, you know, him being his own person because he's not his own person yet. Um, and, you know, like, the somewhat weird character designs on several of the people here. There are several people who we only see in this episode and not again. I guess we do see the two evil uh French vineyard owners, like, once or twice later, but just in, like, a little throwaway gag, because they had to show something French then. Um... And they both look extremely weird, especially Hugo who's the guy with the long nose. Um, And I'm given to understand that after season three or so, they never had people with beard lines like Homer and Lenny have. Like, those are the only two characters who are allowed to have that. It is a really, really good episode, uh, that stands the test of time and, as I keep saying, is a a very good portent of, uh, can you say portent if it's good? A good omen. (laughs) Um, Sort of flashing forward to what is to come in the much more complex episodes of season two. Uh, Here's what happens. Bart gets in a lot of trouble, first with Homer, um, by leaving his skateboard near the stairs and having Homer trip over it and throw out his back. Uh, that is a very season one, uh, sequence. I hesitate to say sequence because it's kind of just like one long moment, um, by the way, when Homer is just lying on the rug, having thrown his back out and waiting for the rest of the family to come home uh, and having the crusty doll over and over again saying, I like to play with you uh, until the batteries run out. That's like a very, it's almost like Tracy Almanesque. esque um, So he first gets into trouble there, then at school uh, where he flushes a cherry bomb down the toilet and the not yet mean Agnes Skinner is sitting on the toilet at the time. And that makes it extra personal for Skinner, aka Spanky, whose nickname we learn. (laughs) Because that's what Agnes Skinner calls him. And so Skinner comes over to the house to seriously talk with Homer and discuss the idea of Bart going to France for three months. Um, in a, ostensibly in a foreign exchange student program. But both of them just want to get him out of the country <laughs> for a little while, because they deserve a break. And Homer is very into it. Like, Homer and Skinner are equally enthusiastic about banishing Bart from Springfield for just a little bit. Um, and so he goes, and in his place, uh, an Albanian kid comes, called Adil, who is the antithesis of Bart in manners and affection, and uh, Homer really likes him. But uh, he turns out to be a spy who is (laughs) learning secrets of the nuclear power plant and broadcasting them through the treehouse. And Bart goes to France. And the whole rest of the show that I haven't yet described is devoted to Bart's adventures or misadventures in France. He is taken in by these two vineyard owners, uh, César and Hugolin. And uh, they abuse him horribly. The only moment of joy that Bart gets... In their care is uh, when he gets to ride in the sidecar of the motorcycle through all of the like uh, Monet paintings and various other classic French paintings um, on their way to the vineyard. And uh, by the way, he is singing uh, the song Louise made popular by Maurice Chevalier uh, during that that little sequence where they're giving a nod to. Um, Dejeuner sur l'herbe and all of those different paintings in cartoon form and I always thought that was quite charming um they make Bart do backbreaking labor for the vineyard picking grapes and uh stomping them and um At the same time, they're extremely nice to their donkey and they're not nice to Bart at all. They make him sleep on the floor. The donkey at least gets straw to sleep on. They don't feed him anything except one turnip. Um, And they make him drink wine tainted with antifreeze uh, just to experiment on him and make sure that he doesn't die or go blind um, before they manufacture the wine and sell it. And this is very terrible. It's, I mean, you really feel for Bart. It's this, like, pre-French Revolution (laughs) type, you know, Les Miserables urchin that he becomes barefoot with tattered clothes and his feet stained by uh, grape residue. Um... And how does he get... He They send him into town to, I think, buy more antifreeze or do something uh, that they need. Even though it's raining, he has to ride a bicycle into town. Um, and that is where he meets the saintly French policeman who, every time I see the episode, which is actually not very frequently because I don't really like to watch season one... Um, it gets me kind of choked up. The like, lovely, kindly voice done by Christian Coffinet, the guest star, um, of the policeman who doesn't speak English, and he's like, "Je suis désolé, voici un bonbon." You know, he's trying to give him candy, and you know, and say he says that he wishes he could help him, but he doesn't speak English. And uh, Bart then spontaneously speaks French, because he realizes that he's been immersed in it for deux mois, and that means that, that he can speak it. Uh, and so, in his very, very badly accented French, uh, I should say, um, he complains to the policeman, and then the day is saved, everything is fine. And as they're walking away, I love that little moment when Bart in French says, My savior, you will always have a place in my heart. <laughs> it's just like very over-the-top uh, emotional in the French manner. Um, the FBI is on to a deal. They discover him. Um, I guess the whole megaphone gag of, It was in my pocket. It was in my pocket. Um, that we don't see until I think season nine. Um, whenever that Skinner and Krabappel love story happens, that's when a uh, Homer does that, uh, that megaphone gag dates all the way back to season one. Cause the FBI agent does that when he's, uh, trying to burn out a deal. They find him out. They bust him. They, uh, send him back to where he came from and uh, 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 in exchange they get back an American spy who is also a 10 year old boy and I like the design on that boy that's a really sort of weird life in hell looking boy with sort of floppy hair and glasses that you can't see through. There's one crowd shot, uh, actually before this, in the auditorium at Springfield Elementary that strikes me as very Life in Hell-like, because all of the kids look quite different from each other, and they have the grotesqueness that uh, Matt Groening's drawings impart. So the evil winemakers are finally brought to justice because as Bart says, he finally met one nice French person and that was the policeman. Um, And there's a lovely, triumphant little button at the end when Bart uh, and the family are enjoying the presents that Bart has brought back. The wine that Homer can't open. Uh, The Beautiful, uh, fashionable dress with huge shoulder pads that Marge is wearing. Um, For Maggie, a red balloon that sort of makes her slightly airborne when she holds it. Uh, And various other souvenirs. Uh, And, you know, Bart is like, (laughs) he comes off the plane with shopping bags full of baguettes and he's wearing a beret good for him. I don't believe it is ever addressed in any other point in the series that Bart can speak French though and I think that it's high time to uh, revisit that that little plot point <sighs> The last thing I'll say is that the donkey's name was Maurice, and you shall never forget that. Uh, This has been Simpsons Time. Wonderful. Oh, it's wonderful to be in love with you. Monsieur Chevalier, bringing us home, of course, with Louise. And that was Simpsons Time Through the debigulator for episode number 11, The Crepes of Wrath. You know, not really a pop culture reference, right? More like a high culture reference. It's fine. Uh, What else was I going to say? Oh, I am so happy not to have forgotten this. When I first saw this as a 12-year-old, I think... Um, seeing the joke of Bart looking into the jar and seeing the frog uh, before he goes to France and saying uh, the life of a frog, that's the life for me I was so mind blown by that because I got that uh, the, you know the idea that French people are called frogs derogatorily was something that I didn't think other kids knew about and I just assumed that it was only my family that talked about that, Uh, my European family. (laughs) Uh, And it's the first or one of the first moments like that in my adolescence when I hit upon something that I really got and I was able to tell myself Maybe I'm the only person I know, you know, in my peer group who got that. Uh, And I, you know, it was affected me profoundly. Okay, enough, enough of this. Thank you for listening to Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator. My name is Amanda Nazario, and I look forward to entertaining you again similarly next week, but with a different episode. Okay, bye.